Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 42. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Homeschool. The indie rocker from Brooklyn, New York, has just released his debut EP, entitled Homeschool, Book One. In today's episode, we're talking with Tom from the band about the new EP, the power of collaboration, and the soothing tones of Christian Lee Hudson. Here we go. Our guest today performs under the pseudonym Homeschool. Their debut EP, entitled Homeschool, book one, is out now through due process. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours from the band Homeschool, Tom D'Agostino. Good morning, Tom. Oh, good evening, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Good morning to you. <laughs> Where are you joining us from today, Tom? I'm located in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, very nice. What's it? Uh, what's it like there this evening? It's pretty nice. Um, it was the first warm day, like really warm day we've had in a while. So it was like 80 degrees. Um, I only went outside like once today, though, which was kind of a bummer. But it seems like it should hold up for a while. It's been kind of like rainy and gray for a few weeks. So. Is that quite normal for, where are we, middle of April? Is that kind of standard? Yeah, it's like our springtime. So it's very, at least on the East Coast, it's just like rains through April. Um, April showers bring May flowers is a very uh, (laughs) common saying that we use. Um, But yeah, I think starting May, it should hopefully rain less and just actually be straight up spring, which I desperately need. Beautiful that um, well, we are very close to May, so hopefully those flowers are literally days away. <laughs> yeah. um, now, congratulations on the debut EP, Homeschool Book One. It is finally out now in the world. Uh, yeah, congratulations. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad it's finally out. It was um, written and recorded, I believe, just a little bit before the pandemic. So you've kind of been sitting with these songs for a while. How does it feel to kind of finally be out now? Uh, it feels really good. Um, yeah, as you said, we, we kind of, we recorded a bunch of songs in San Diego in California, probably about like three months before like lockdown. Um, so then we had them and we went through a process of like mixing and all that, which actually bled into, um, lockdown a bit. Um, but then from there, we were like, what are we going to do? Because there's a kind of thing, I'm sure, you know, you're familiar with the music industry. Like it, it didn't really seem clear that things were like definitely not going to happen until like a month or two. in. I don't, I don't know. It was kind of different in Australia, maybe the timing, but we, you know, 
it was like a good month or two into it where I was like, I mean, maybe touring will come back and maybe I could put this out, like whatever. So then we eventually just had to be like, no, nah, this is not, this is not going to work. So that's kind of where we came up with the idea of like, what is an interesting way to release these songs? Um, you know, that's not just a traditional album, like where you drop a, three singles, you know, once a month and then in three months you put the thing out. Cause we're like, we wanted to stretch it out first of all, cause we were, introducing this new project and it was also like can we kind of keep people entertained and interested with the music um in lieu of touring and like kind of keep up a a steady profile and kind of you know show people like on a song by song basis like where this is headed um which i actually prefer um because you know when you put out you get like three singles and then you drop the whole album and then it's kind of over and you, you kind of just, <laughs> if you're lucky, you'll promote it and, you know, do interviews like these, I guess. Um, and then tour on it forever. But the kind of, uh, the feeling of getting to like show people and like birth it into the world is, is very quick. So with the way that, um, like Spotify, Apple music, whichever streaming service you want to kind of nominate, um, with, how you can release music these days. Do you think that it kind of is going towards a format where, you know, you can, it doesn't have to be the three singles and the album and three singles and the album. You kind of can just do whatever you want to. Definitely. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, there's so many different examples of it. Um, like I love like who immediately comes to mind are bands like big thief, um, or like King Gizzard who, clearly just do not they just (laughs) have music they're so prolific and they're like i don't give a fuck like we're just gonna put music out and if you're looking at it i guess from like a marketing business whatever like that it's clearly fine for them they're just super talented and they put out music um i think for me i i write a fair amount but i don't like I couldn't release or maybe I could, I never tried, but I I couldn't, I don't think I would be comfortable releasing like three albums in a year. Right. So it's like the album format, the one album every year or so for me has kind of worked in the past. Um, but now I think it's just like, I would love to just put out a song, um, kind of as, as I make them. And if they're connected to like an EP or if you want to throw them all together on an album later, like after the fact, I'm down for that too. But it's, it's been fun kind of just, you know, putting stuff out on a consistent basis. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The, um, the EP, uh, it is mainly just yourself, but it was also quite collaborative. You've got guests like, um, Samia, Barty Strange, Alyssa. Was the intention when you began recording it to have it like a, such a collaborative affair or did it just kind of happen organically as you went by um, that's a good question. I mean, we've, we've definitely collaborated with Samia before and like, you know, Sammy and I have written together both on her album and mine. And, um, so that was kind of just a song that we had made together or like I wrote it and I was like, I feel like Samia could just like crush the last half of this. I feel like she should just come in. So I invited her over and she just, of course, dropped like gold all over it. And then, you know, from there, yeah, I think I think from that relationship with her, it, that definitely opened my eyes where it's like, they don't have to be in your band in order to make music together, which seems super obvious maybe on the outside. But for me, it's kind of like, especially kind of pivoting from a band to a more solo project, 
it kind of felt like there was these like weird rules about who could play on what and like, you know, <laughs> sharing songwriting responsibilities and stuff. But what's cool about this homeschool thing. And I owe this a lot to my managers like Zach Slater and Tom Winkler. They're very um, big on uh, collaborating with other artists because they can tell that it gets something different out of me just as a writer. Um, but also you just make those connections with people. And I don't know, I think it just like a lot of magic happens and I'm falling in love with that process. So like even with Bartiz kind of just taking that song and remixing it and like throwing all the stuff all over it and having our Lisa um, contribute as well was I love that because it's just like I, I get such a different understanding of what the songs, um, what they can be and like what, you know, something I didn't quite notice that like Bartice is like pulling out from, you know, the depths and like showcasing. It's just a very interesting, like creative thing to, to see. Yeah. The, the remix the parties did, it is, um, I almost didn't recognize this song only just cause it, I feel sometimes yeah. when you traditionally think of a remix, it is maybe just, um, like a bit of a four on the floor drum beat kind of behind the original song. Whereas this is, he's totally reinvented it when, um, yeah. when you got it back, I guess, were you expecting, what were you expecting? <laughs> I, I had no idea what to expect. And that's why I was so excited about it because, you know, I had been shown Bartice's music, like very close, like not like I was a new fan pretty much. Like I had not been super familiar with his stuff. Um, and then I listened to his album and I was like, Holy shit. Like there's like seven different genres in this album and it's not like gimmicky or, or, or too out there. It was like, he just weaves in and out of all of these different creative spaces and does it like expertly. Like I'd be curious to see if he actually is like, you know, super well versed in all of those genres that he's like borrowing from or like reinventing because yeah. it, it seems like he is. Um, but I think, um, basically Zach was like, this guy's incredible. And like, he'll take, he'll remix the shit out of this. If you just, if you just give it to him. And I was like, I'm totally down. And, uh, we just gave it to him and he took like a month or two and then he just sent us the mix and we were blown away. Um, because, like I wasn't expecting kind of just like the classic he edits my vocals around and adds like a drum machine or something. Um, I knew he was going to be more creative than that, but I didn't know he was going to, I don't know. It's like, you don't know something unless you've seen it for the first time. That's like kind of how it felt. And yeah, it, it was pretty clear to everyone that I showed it to. And the first time we heard it, we were all like, Whoa, this dude is like, this guy knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that guy. Smartest. <laughs> Smartest Man, the, the track that we were talking about, I read that um, the original Catalyst was from, I believe you were babysitting uh, a, a few years ago and that one of the the children kind of had questions in in relation to like their, maybe not their humanity, but like in terms of who kind they of were. As a like he, yeah, he was basically, I babysat these two kids um, for like a year or two leading up actually to COVID, I had to stop because of that. And, um, we spent so much time together, um, you know, especially over like the summer and stuff, we would just be like playing sports or like, you know, getting pizza and ice cream and just hanging out. So it's a lot of like, and he's smart too. He's like a 10 year old kid, very intelligent. And he, we would kind of just like, you know, trade, 
when we weren't like playing Nerf war and like pretending to be ninjas, we would like trade back and <laughs> forth these like more like metaphysical conversations. And one time I'm making him dinner and he was just, he was just like, do you think I'm good? And I was like, what, what do you mean? Like good at soccer or something? He's like, no, no. Like, do you think I'm like a good kid, like a good person? And I just remember being like, whoa, like, I certainly don't remember thinking that at that age. But then it also made me think like, I think every child has a very strong sense of like right and wrong and not the bullshit right and wrong of like, you know, don't play with that or like, don't fight your brother. Like, I think kids can really, really intuit like on a deep level, like if something is morally good or not. Um, they might not have the language to describe it, but I do think that's like an innate human quality that tends to get more muddled and, you know, perverted as you get older, you know? So to me, it was just a very kind of refreshing question, albeit like a pretty jarring one to hear from a kid. And that just made me think about, I don't know, like if we live in a world where this kid is questioning his morality and like our current president at the time isn't like, what does that say about like, the state of things. Um, not to say that that song's like super political or whatever, but it was definitely like a jumping off point, um, to just ask a bunch of questions. Yeah, no, no, that's very cool. Um, the, the song itself musically, it does kind of have, uh, I guess maybe there's elements of it that are similar to maybe like a modern, uh, neutral milk hotel or um, girls in terms of like the musicality to it. When you are songwriting, do you usually find that your lyrical content comes first or that you'll work out a melody and, and kind of a musical structure before you add words? Yeah. Um, words are always very weird for me because um, uh, I, I like writing um you know, like prose and I like writing a lot of poetry, but when I'm writing song lyrics, it's way less, um, it's, that feels more like an intuitive thing. So I try not to like, think about what the song is going to be about lyrically before I write it. I try to focus on, um, like what I want the mood of the song to be. I mean, to be honest, I try not to premeditate anything because then I just end up disappointing myself or I'm like, Oh wait, I was going to write like a happy song and now it's sad or like, vice versa. So now what I try to do is just not write at all. Um, because if I don't write, um, then eventually I'll have to, um, just as like an urge kind of thing. So if I can get to that point, then typically some sort of music will come out, right? Like a melody or like I'm playing the guitar and then like things just start working. And if you, if I'm in a really good space, then it's like anything I'm saying, like the first couple sentences will be like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. It's kind of like in therapy. Like if you're, if you're laying on the couch and your therapist is asking you like, you know, what did you eat for breakfast? And then you start like crying about your upbringing or something. It's like clearly (laughs) something was cooking in your head. Um, so I think that's why, I think that's why a lot of people, or maybe a lot of songwriters think that they kind of use it as like a therapeutic outlet because you know, you're just kind of probing delicately like you're unconscious and trying to see what, what'll come out. Yeah, of course. Um, as you mentioned before, this isn't, it is the first, uh, EP from homeschool, but it's not your first kind of foray into music. You were previously in the band, um, active bird community, and I'm sure, uh, other bands before that, what was your original kind of draw to music as, um, as a kid or a teenager? Um, 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I don't know. I started writing songs when I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade. So I was, I was ironically enough, I was probably the age of the kid that I babysat. Um, so when I started asking myself those kinds of bigger questions, um, <laughs> but I don't know. I think, um, a big part of it was, you know, the, the, the upbringing that I had was a little, was up and down to say the least. So, you know, kind of being alone in my room and experimenting with music and on a more kind of base level, just exploring and experimenting with sound. I think I was able to, you know, kind of create a little world, um, the same kind of, the same kind of playing I would do in the backyard with my neighbors. I could do that with music kind of in my room and through that experimenting and stuff, it just really like excited me. Um, I also liked listening to the radio and like whatever CDs my parents had. So it, it definitely seemed like magic and it also seemed like really cool. So I was like, this is the perfect combination. It's like, if I can learn how to play that guitar, like people will think I'm awesome, <laughs> which is like probably how it started. Um, <laughs> very soon realized that that's not the case. But then, you know, the, the more, the more like finger painty kind of experimenting, goofing around in private, it just gave me a lot of, I don't know, like it was a way for my imagination to kind of run free. Um, and you know, I, I try to get back to that space when I write now it's hard, but you know, I think it's kind of like the eternal struggle of someone who's trying to do something creative is like, they just wish that they were like a fucking kid again, doing it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like there is less, uh, less filter when you are that age. So there's kind of less judgment from yourself in terms of what you can create and what you can't. You're not really, you don't even know what to judge people by, you know what I mean? You, you haven't really developed any of your own, biases yet or like your own stupid opinions like you're not you know pseudo intellectual and like annoying so you're kind of just like <laughs> you're taking chances and you don't really care and like this kid that i would babysit like he was just dirty all the time and i would have to be like dude you gotta brush your teeth i've got to throw you in the shower like you, you have ice cream all over your forehead and he was so genuinely like why does that matter like, I yeah. do not care. Like, I don't <laughs> bother me with it. I don't care. And like, I remember I was exactly the same way. And I think that's when I, that's when I got introduced to music, which I think is cool. Cause if I started writing songs, like as a 20 year old, like it would be so pretentious and like scared. <laughs> no, that's, that's very fair. The EP just talking about being creative and, and kind of, um, 
things along that line. The EP does come along with a, like a physical collection of poems and photos and, and drawings. When you are, I know that some people kind of have the ability to or have that um, feeling like when they, they write music or they play music, they also can not synthesia, synthesia. Synesthesia? Yeah, not exactly that, but like when you are writing, can you kind of, do you picture the visuals or the visuals come into play when you're kind of listening back to, to what you're writing? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I personally, I don't think I do. I think it's weird. It's like, I, I think the only visual thing that I have, it's especially if I'm, I write, I like to write like by demoing. So like layering different instruments and recording just in a very simple way. So in that sense, I like picturing what the music looks like, um, which sounds kind of weird, but like, I'm, I'm not picturing really like colors or like people or themes. I'm mostly just like seeing what the melody looks like in my brain. Um, I don't know. It's, it's more of like a spatial thing. Like I'm, 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 feeling where the bass is in my ears or like where the drums, like the panning of it. So I'm kind of focused on that, which I like because I like to paint too. And I like to write and I like to, I like to act too. I've been doing some acting this year, but music, music to me is unique because you're dealing with like space and like dimension and it's sonic and it's this whole other thing. That's at least for me is, it has nothing to do with color or anything else at the outset. It's like its own thing. That might be different for other artists. I'm sure, I'm sure people like see purple when the song is going well or something, <laughs> but like I, for me, it's kind of like its own thing. Yeah. No, no, we, um, we were speaking to some people who didn't necessarily see color, but I think like certain images from their memory kind of like would be brought back up when, playing it was yeah i don't know how to quite explain it but it's yeah yeah, it's it's kind i think the whole point is like you're you're writing a song because you can't explain it you know you can't really talk about it in to a certain degree so you're like i could just fucking sing it for you and then we could both have an experience but um that's cool yeah synesthesia is like so trippy that's like that's so wild i am yeah it does kind of um I feel like that would freak me out. Like, I wonder, I wonder if that's something that like you develop, like if I were to develop synesthesia, I would probably go insane or think I was like incredibly intoxicated. I think if, yeah, if you were born with it, it would kind of be normal. Whereas if you Mm -hmm. woke up tomorrow and then had it, you would think you're crazy almost. Right. Like if all the crayons in the crayon box just start screaming at you or something, you're just like, (laughs) what? Like, no. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm sure it's a little more nuanced than that, but (laughs) (laughs) I've read that uh, in in other press, you've said that the song "Smartest Man" can like it kind of takes on a few different meanings. Just talking about, um, I guess, each person having a different interpretation of of things um, that it kind of kind of can go between like uh, the topic of maturity. Uh, responsibility and like challenging traditional masculinity. Um, Do you think that it is, and I know we kind of touched on it before, but like that being able to express yourself in, in a lyrical form is easier than being able to talk about it or being able to have a conversation with someone? That's a good question. I, I think for me, I tend to, 
try to rationalize things or like put things in like little boxes of meaning so I can easily understand it myself and then also like disseminate it to people, you know, which I think is a huge result of like a liberal arts education. But what I like about songwriting is that at least for me, you can't do that. You can't assault it with rationality. You can't, even for me, I can't like premeditate what it's going to be about. It's not like a thesis. It's, it's, it comes from a different place. Um, so if it's going well, it's this kind of invitation. You're kind of coaxing out, like I was saying before, like your unconscious or like the part of you that is very delicate and like does not have any rules and doesn't have any, you know, isn't trying to sound cool or whatever. And it's just, it's just kind of raw emotion. Um, and then when I'm in that space, things start to happen. Um, and just because I speak in a certain way and I read certain things, like I'm sure that informs the actual language that comes out. Um, but you know, it's, it's really just like these little balls of feelings that roll out. And then, you know, sometimes it doesn't make sense. So I'll kind of try to sculpt it a little bit to give it like a face and stuff. But um, I think that's a really good point. Like I don't, I think that's why I write music is because I can't, you know, it's different than having a conversation or it's different than, you know, being in an argument, you know, it it just, it's its own thing. It helps. um, It helps me. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, Now you, homeschool is signed to uh, an Australian label, um, at the moment. And obviously with COVID, there's a few different bits and pieces going on, but at some point, possibly in the next year or so, can we expect to, uh, to see you on our shores playing some shows? I would absolutely love to do that. Um, so much. I know I have friends who have done it in the past and a lot of my favorite bands are from there. So it's just like, I would love to do it. Obviously I don't have like a, a planned schedule to do it yet. Um, but I'm fully vaccinated and I play songs all day. So I'm like ready to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that happens soon. Um, a part of me is really scared though, to go on the road again. I, I toured a bunch, um, with my, with my old band in the past and it was so fun. And I mean, it even got to a point where it was like monotonous, you know what I mean? It was just like almost like a day job. It was like that, you know, that much, but it was so long ago. And after, you know, living in a, in a little nook for like a year, it's weird to imagine just being around that many people. And then also being like vulnerable around that many people. And then like performing, like I have no idea. Cause you guys can like fully tour there now, right? You guys are. Uh, pretty much. It's, I think the only difference is, um, that it's mainly seated, even like for shows that would usually be standing on like a mosh pit, it's mainly seated. But other than that, yeah, people can tour. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a really, I wonder, have you talked to any artists that have talked about that kind of like reentry into that lifestyle? Cause that's crazy. Yeah, we have with, with some, um, we had, uh, London Grammar on a few weeks ago and they, uh, Hannah was talking about being able to go back out and, um, 
I guess kind of ramping up because as you said, you've been like in like an apartment or a house with just yourself or your loved ones for a year. And then to go from like one to two people to like hundreds or however many, like it's kind of a, it's a quick jump. It, it's not gradual and it is quite daunting. (laughs) Yeah. So that's definitely how I feel about it. So yeah, I'm, if that is on the horizon, like I think I need to take like some time to mentally prepare because it sounds like it would be great. Like, yeah, like I get to see all these people again and it, and it would be, but just, I can tell, I know myself well enough to be like, that would be jarring. Yeah, no, that's very fair. Um, has New York opened up at all? Is there any kind of shows or touring going on there? They, they just, the governor of New York has, um, I, as you know, or may not know, has proven himself to be a, a feckless and evil man, but he basically, <laughs> he got caught doing a bunch of shady shit um, to say the least. And shortly after that, I could be butchering the timeline of this. He was just like, we're going to open up venues to like minimum capacity. And that's like, what the, uh, that's how I interpret it as like, you know, just throwing a bone to some people. But um, <laughs> I think there, no one that I know is going to shows, but I think venues are slowly, it's very limited capacity. I think they're allowed to, and even today, I don't know if you have noticed today, but like a bunch of bands have been posting um, like tour dates. Like I think, um, who was it? Well, there's that Lu- Lucy Dacus tour that got announced like last week. That's with Bartiz. I would love to yeah. go see that. Um, and there's, I think Soccer Mommy announced a tour today. So like it's 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 all for the fall, I think. Um, yeah, it seems like it's slowly kind of this. They're going back to planning shows because I think in a few months that it will. Yeah, be. they're banking uh, on which enough is people. Very yeah, they're banking on enough people being vaccinated. So hopefully that happens. I think that um, we have shows, but our rollout of the vaccination has been horrible. Whereas oh, right. I think the US has done quite well with the vaccination rollout. So I think that's um, probably why you'll see that. Uh, you'll have more shows than we do soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's impossible to tell. You know, I'm sure most countries feel like it's just a, it's a shit show the entire time. Um, but I, you know, at least more and more people that I know are are like, oh, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So it's like the circle of people in which I, you know, know uh, it's getting more promising. Yeah, um, which is good. Yeah, that's very good. Um, just lastly, Tom, we usually chat to our guests what, about what they're listening to at the moment. Is there a certain uh, record or a few records that are getting um, getting a, a thorough spin yeah. at a, in your apartment? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I do, I do this. My partner, Julia, She we don't have a, the same music taste, which is normally fine. Um, and I actually love that because if we both knew the same things about the same artists all the time, it would be really boring conversations. But... She, the consequence of that is my listening style is like, I, I don't have like, I don't listen to lots of different kinds of music. You know, I will listen to one song or one album for like a month straight, just on repeat over yeah. and over and over again. Or then I'll like isolate one song. That's like my new favorite song from that album, like of the week. And then I just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it like over and over again. <laughs> and she walks around just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is crazy again. <laughs> What's this again? So the album I've been doing that to is Beginners by Christian Lee Hudson. Um, it's just great album. So so good. Um, and I'm late to the party on that one, I'm sure. But it was I heard I listened to it through once and I was just like, 
yeah, this is good. This is kind of like the music I would expect from this guy. Uh, just seems like his vibe would be this sound. Um, but then I was like really listening to it and I was like, this is fucking like really good. And then I felt it. I felt it like this feeling when I know I like something, it's like something's crawling up my back and then just like kind of gets me like I'm trapped. And then <laughs> it's just been, I've been blasting it over and over again. Um, so right now my favorite song on that record is lose this number. It's like, Every time I listen to it, I'm, I'm like, this is, this is just the best song I've ever heard. And then, like, next week, I'm sure it'll be a different song on that album. Um, but, yeah, I got I to gotta listen to, like, different stuff and, like, have a healthier diet because it's like, it's like you can't just <laughs> eat the same meal every day, you know? That being said, that album is particularly good. It's, it's um, delicious, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. If it's a Christian Lee Hudson diet, that you're not doing anything wrong. So that's fine. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Tom, thank you very much for joining yeah, us today. Dude. I do appreciate uh, your time and um, all the best on Homeschool Book One. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in Australia. Yeah, I hope so. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Tom D'Agostino for his time. The new EP, Homeschool Book One, is out now. We've left links in the show notes to their website if you'd like to purchase the EP and the book. We want to give a quick shout out to Tom's dad, Stephen, and an extra special shout out to Sarah at Due Process for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes, where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.